In the past couple of weeks, I've presented the writings of two separate bishops of the church who told us that we are right to be paranoid at the actions taken by our rulers in this time of global crisis. I would add that if you're being paranoid about the source of the recent violence flaring up across America, you have a right to be paranoid about that, too. The oligarchs decided to take advantage of the situation and have been caught on camera numerous times saying that now was the time to push for their agenda, that a time of planetary crisis with the present was the perfect time to push the programs and changes that they wanted, with some of them saying that they could achieve 10 years of change in a short amount of time. Our times lend themselves credibly to being paranoid. You won't always be right when you're paranoid, but that doesn't mean you don't have that right. It is sadly the nature of the beast, so to speak, and unfortunately for us, our rulers have never hidden their naked contempt for the family, for autonomy, for true Christian freedom, for traditional living. What they want is control, control over your thoughts and control over your lives. You may keep your petty religion if they can tell you what your religion truly means, and now they are coming for your family, and they mean to abolish it. Our story comes from a secular media source. Just a tip of the hat to Rob, who sent me these links. Headline from OpenDemocracy.org, a leftist advocacy site funded by everyone's good friend, the forerunner himself, Mr. George S. The current crisis shows that it's time to abolish the family. What does the affliction tell us about the nuclear family and private household? It's written by a creature calling itself Sophie Lewis. And remember, folks, with people who say things like this, we must not assume little things like what language they use to describe themselves. Now, it's not a new story. It comes from the tail end of March, but literally no one else was talking about this, so let's get into it. But before I do, I wanted to remind you of something. In 2008, it was revealed that Sister Lucia of Fatima's diary contained this prophetic warning. The final battle between the Lord and the reign of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Don't be afraid, because anybody who operates for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be contended and opposed in every way, because this is the decisive issue. Our lady has already crushed its head. And by its head, her diary, Sister Lucia, meant Satan, completing the circle of influence of Satan from Genesis to the triumph. Remember those words as we move forward. I am going to provide a warning about this article. It's full of gross language. A link to it is, as usual, found on my sources blog, returntotradition.org, if you want to read it for yourself, as always. But fair warning, it reports on and uses the kind of modern language for accepting the disgusting state of the world that we expect from our betters on the left. But don't worry, I've already sanitized it for you for the parts that I use here. But it does show the normal that they want to create, and that we're terrible people if we don't support it. Now let's finally dive in. Quote, Nuclear households, it seems, are where all the intuitively expected to retreat in order to prevent widespread ill health. Staying home is what is somehow self-evidently supposed to keep us well. But there are several problems with this, as anyone inclined to think about it critically, even for a moment, might figure out. Problems one might summarize as the mystification of the couple form, the romanticization of kinship, and the sanitization of the fundamentally unsafe space that is private property. How can a zone defined by the power asymmetries of housework, reproductive labor being so gendered, of renting and mortgage debt, land and deed ownership, of patriarchal parenting, and often the institution of marriage, benefit health. Such standard homes are where, after all, everyone secretly knows 
the majority of earthly violence goes down. The WHO calls de, uh, home violence the most widespread but among the least reported human rights abuses. End quote. We'll be back with uh, Zier's comment in a moment. And I'll admit something. We have reports of this kind of violence having increased in the crisis as we expected. The deranged, the deranged ideas pushed by these people are always, and I do mean always, grounded in facts. It pays for us to take at least parts of their arguments seriously. And I know because I used to be one of these people, though I never was so far gone off the short pier that I was petting sharks near the Marianas Trench like this author is. But let's get back to it. Skipping down the article a ways where Zed waxes poetically about the need to take those who don't have property to shelter seriously, we find this gem, quote, In short, the crisis is no time to forget about family abolition. In the words of feminist theorist and mother Madeline Lane McKinley, Households are capitalism's pressure cookers. This crisis will see a surge in housework, cleaning, cooking, caretaking. Cutting in, in here, she lists various types of uh, crimes that we can't talk about on this platform explicitly, but continuing... Far from a time to acquiesce to family values ideology, then the crisis is an acutely important time to provision, evacuate, and generally empower survivors of and refugees from the nuclear household. And thirdly, even when the private nuclear household poses no threat, physical or, or mental threat, to one's person, more of that stuff we can't talk about here, the private family qua mode of social reproduction still frankly sucks. It genders, nationalizes, and races us. It norms us for productive work. It makes us believe we are individuals. It minimizes costs for capital while maximizing human beings' life-making labor. Across billions of tiny boxes, each kitted out absurdly with its own kitchen, micro-creche, and laundry. It blackmails us into mistaking the only sources of love and care we have for the extent of what is possible. We deserve better than the family. And the time of affliction is an excellent time to practice abolishing it. The always lucid words of Ann Boyer. Lucid, that's funny. We must learn to do good for the good of the stranger now. We now have to live as daily evidence that we believe there is value in the lives of the cancer patient, the elderly patient, the disabled one, the ones in unthinkable living conditions, crowded in risk. We do not know yet if we will be able to wrench something better than capitalism from the wreckage of this crisis and the coming depression. I would only posit with some certainty that in 2020, the dialectic of families against the family, of real homes against the home, shall intensify. End quote. Ooh. Yeah, she speaks of being lucid. <laughs> uh, if that made little sense, it's because the author is an adherent of the religion of Marxism. And I do mean religion because it has all the hallmarks of a religion that doesn't have a deity at its center. Meaning that the human being and the material world become its deity and its version of heaven. There is something of value reading this two months into this, and that's this. Two months in, and the plateau for the affliction has been stretched out, and it looks like we might have beaten this thing enough that we can cautiously resume life to some degree. No one, and I do mean no one, is talking about abolishing the family except for this fringe group here. The work to undermine the family continues, though, as is evident by the filth peddlers offering free access to their addictions on the internet. But the proposal to abolish the family hasn't been picked up. That could be because the secular world is gripped by the latest round of organized violence that mysteriously and strangely rears its head during an election year. If you don't believe me, look that stat up. I'm not saying that to be provocative. The idea of abolishing the family is not something we're going to be hearing about from our elites anytime soon. Why? Because like open democracy typically pushing for goals that the public aren't ready for, yet. 
And I do mean yet, because we hear a lot about what's called the Overton window, but it's a real concept. If you're not familiar with the Overton window, it's something from political science and policy theory that goes something like this. The world of law and politics has an acceptable range of policy options as solutions to our current problem that we're dealing with, whenever that problem is. The range of acceptable solutions is the Overton window. There are things outside that range of possibilities that have been on the menu but not acceptable. The classic example is the USA Patriot Act, which had languished in Congress for years before the events of September 2001 pushed the Overton window over to the Patriot Act being suddenly acceptable. But this proposal that this creature is pushing isn't on the menu for the public, at least not in the Overton window. So they'll keep pushing it, and pushing it, and pushing it, until our rulers decide that the family is the problem itself. And what replaces the family? The state, of course. These kinds of people believe that the state can provide for all. Remember, Marxism is a religion for these people. They'll deny it, but look at the communist states. They always have giant pictures of dear leader on full display, and days of mourning for their death that are so over the top you'd think a living saint of a pope had died or something. And in case you think there is any reasoning with people who advocate for this position, remember something. The Catholic Church and its body of Catholic social teaching says the family is the foundation of society, not radical individualism, not the community, but the family. The individual finds his greatest expression in the family, and the family is what communities and civilizations are built on. They are the original societies, micro-societies of the anti-democratic thinkers like Alexis de Tocqueville, and the church has always placed the most strongest protections in the culture for the family, not for the individual. It's hard for some people to hear that. And this strain of Marxism we see is the weird collectivizing of the individual by making them part of a phantom community that doesn't exist, radicalizing their ability to dictate the terms of reality by inventing a collection of phantom communities that don't exist, combined with ethnically founded ones that are the source of all kinds of conflicts, socially speaking. Unfortunately, that's just the reality. But the result, the family becomes the obstacle to control. A couple of Sundays ago, I had on a live stream Jacob Clearfield, the author of a Catholic work of fiction set in the near future in a world where these kinds of people had basically completely won the cultural conflicts. The church was underground, and the state seized children and raised them in institutions. It's a bleak world created by these kinds of people, and men like George S. being permitted to spend billions upon billions to create his Maoist utopia here in the West. These people have more sway than you might think. This is where the James Martin Brigade really got its boost from 20 years ago and more from groups like this. Now, they're coming for the family. Remember, the final bat battle will be over marriage in the family. This wasn't only a reference to that Supreme Court case a few years ago that inverted reality. It's a reference to our times. In closing, ask yourself this. In the halls of power, who has more influence? Who is taken more seriously? Who is less likely to end up on some kind of government list? You or people like the author of this piece? I'll leave you with that. Pray for the church, as our hierarchy should be standing up against this kind of stuff. Thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.